0: Sweet. Yeah. Go ahead, Weber. Thank you, sir. Do
1: you got music and everything? <laughs> this is the Weekly Scramble. Whoa. A place where we chat about life over a cold one. Or two. Whose voice is that? It's time to belly up to the pod. Is that Rocco? With Mike Frataloni
2: and your host, Chris Reavers, You darn right. We are
0: live at the Minnesota State Fair. I guess we're not live. This is a podcast. I gotta learn how to uh, change my format when we're doing this show. My name is Chris Reavers. By my side is Mike Frataloni with Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Revers? We have a couple of guests, unlike last week when we just pretty much winged it for 45 minutes. That was here. good, though. It was good great radio. Minnesota get together. Our, our buddy Ben Quam with Sterling Brewing is here. Hi, Ben. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. And we wrangled in the mayor from Garage Logic, Joe Soucheray, to stick around because Ben offered him uh, a free beverage if he did stick around. <laughs> You're after, darn right. After I'll do anything I can to get you to stick around. Hi, Joe. How are you, boys? We're so, good. We're good. Michael, you know what? You, you take it away. I talk to him five days a week. I don't <laughs> need to talk to him anymore. You know, it's
2: funny that you say that because you are so close to him. You don't see the everyday genius that all of his fans see. Oh, Thank God. you, Mike. Isn't right? yeah, that wonderful? And I'll stay I, for a while. I genuinely mean that, Joe, because it's <laughs> not everybody knows everything about you. We're not next to you all day like these guys are, mm-hmm. and they get jaded like I'm next to my father all day long, so I get jaded of my father, but I just you know, when when I think of your career in radio mm-hmm. and I think of your career in newspapers, the first question that I have it was radio a, a second thought or did you did you did you think of it as less than the newspaper, or did you think of it as more than the newspaper?
1: Well, I, I, you guys asked me this the other day. Uh, not you guys. Kenny, oh, Kenny, Kenny and, John. and uh, Kenny and John, who were doing the uh, enjoy. coffee shop news. And Joy. Joy. Uh,
0: Even though her name is Dawn.
1: Hmm. The real brief history will answer your question. Mm-hmm. I covered the 1980 Olympics, so I got to see the miracle on ice. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. And we came back to town. All the local reporters who came back to town were called by KSDP. You guys want to talk about that on the air, we'll call it Sports Talk. And literally six or seven guys each had a night to do it. And uh, as as attrition had it, Pat and I were the last ones standing. Roycey. Sure. <laughs> so we ended up doing a show called Monday Night Sports Talk.
2: and Started in 1980. Mm,
1: yeah, right. That's, that's what your Wikipedia page says. Right, right. Well, you can't believe that they got me going to the wrong high school. <laughs> you didn't go to Hill Marine? I did, but that didn't. They had me at De La Salle oh, a deal of self. Oh, okay. I think it's. I think it's been repaired. Yeah, and and to answer your question, we just thought that was a lark. We mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, we we didn't. We were not steeped in any radio tradition or knowledge or or anything, and we ended. One up, of you still isn't right, and and, and we had uh, just. Because we had been writing Friends for so long, we just had undeniably great chemistry. And it became very natural for us to not even give a bleep about talking about sports. Mm-hmm. We just talked about anything we wanted to, and it worked. And then the other story I tell is uh, I got offered the chance to do a daily show uh, in 1993. And I thought, why not? But I still thought of it as a lark. Okay. Uh a way to pick up a few extra bucks, mm-hmm. and as as the show took off, it didn't take long for me to realize this is a pretty big deal. Sure, there, a lot could be made of this. You know, this is this is quite the opportunity. And at the time, I, I suppose it went about two or three years where I you could you could argue that I was still favoring newspaper work, but then that that light bulb went off in my head saying I I'm. That's a fixed income in a mm-hmm. newspaper. The sky's the limit here. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the editor and said, uh, could I please reduce my columns from four columns a week to two? Because mm-hmm. I'm devoting more and more time to radio. And he said, well, do you realize how lucky you are to work for a newspaper that lets you do a radio show? And a line instantly came to me, one of those lines that you usually have the next day. Mm -hmm. But it instantly came to me, and I said, do you realize how lucky you are that I work for a radio station that lets me do a newspaper column?"
2: (laughs) I mean, absolutely. And
1: and that was my turning point. That was my turning point.
2: In 92, or pre-Garage Logic, before you started the radio show, were you thinking of a book that you were going to write about Garage Logic? Or how did the… No. How, how did it, you didn't just sit down and say, let's call this Garage Logic, I'm the mayor of this mythical town, or did you have that all built? No, that happened, uh, again, that can be told very briefly.
1: Uh, when, a sh- when the show started in April of 93, it was no different than any other show, just mm-hmm. called the Joe Soucheray Show, When sure. I was doing what everybody does. And by the time fall rolled around, uh, what does what everybody who had a talk show do? They interview political candidates. But for some reason, we got the idea to interview them in garages. Okay, uh, to put them uh, on the scene of the taxpayer and see the sure. stuff they use every day ladders and lawnmowers and snowblowers and shovels mm-hmm. and all the stuff they get at Fratelloni's, and it it worked and it, suddenly the name Garage Logic I don't know where it came it came out of nowhere and that was the start of it. So this wasn't uh,
2: something that you had been planning. to no, Mike, absolutely to. not, not not so, even remotely. You know, a lot of times when I'm listening to Garage Logic, the guys will make a little bit of fun about your writing career, not the newspaper, because obviously everyone knows you from the newspaper, but your fiction career, mm-hmm. and I mean, can you talk about that? Were you writing a book every couple of years, or how did, did, did you ghostwrite for anybody? How does that work, and how did you develop the time to even get around to writing a book? Did you sit down for four hours a day and say, I'm going to do three pages every day for the well,
1: next... I've really only written two that were published, Waterline and... Uh- once there was a ballpark, I guess three. And then uh, my good friend, John Camp, who writes under the name John Sanford, mm-hmm. he included me as a co-author of a, of a uh, Virgil Flowers novel called Mad River. Okay. And that, that was a thrill for me. Sure. Because uh, uh, I had never experienced anything like the, the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. And that kind Four of thing. million people read that book. Earlier. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, but my other books were collections of columns and, and – uh, I didn't have a. I did. I have a nice stack of rejection slips sure. from novels. You know, so I, I could I w- really even out this table with them. Sure, you could. Yeah.
2: If I were to ask, I mean, would you rather win a Pulitzer or a Marconi? Well, that's a great question.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I would say Marconi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but the Pulitzer. Have you been nominated? The Pulitzers usually go to, uh, you know, New York Times.
0: Have you ever been nominated for Marconi?
1: Why don't you answer that question? <laughs> is that a tough one? Well, you're, tough no, his bit.
0: his line for it is spectacular. I've got about enough second-place finishes uh in my, what do you call it, in your storage cab? I've well, yeah. got phrased? a lot of
1: second-place Marconis. <laughs> yeah, I, don't,
2: I don't know if those count. Those are well, uh, missed nope, putts. Not in GL. It's got to be a winner. It doesn't right. count. So, um you know, I, I see that winning a Pulitzer would have been a big deal. I mean, you've been... Yeah, at the same newspaper for how many years have you been at the Star Tribune? I was there
1: for 11 years, and since 1984, I've been at the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, it's do they ever look to see who's still in this business? Because a lot of the newspapers do not have that type of track record with a columnist that's producing a couple columns a week Mm -hmm. for 30, 40 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Do they? What do you mean? Do they look? I mean, at, does do, do the prize committees say, "Hey, no. this guy has unbelievable longevity. People are reading no. him every day in in an arguably dying industry." Right? No, no, they, that's not how
1: it works. Uh, I think the Pulitzers have become highly politicized, mm-hmm. and you would have to have a very woke record for a year well most
0: award shows in general have gone that way
1: yeah no i'm not disparaging the polishers i think it would be fantastic to win one but i'm not churning out a body of work now that would ever even be considered
2: i'm I'm only writing once a week yeah but over over how many years once a week for 40 no no
1: no i've written about i would say between
2: 15,000 and 20,000 columns so do you ever have a day, and I'm sure you do, where you think, I have no idea what I'm going to write about, and my deadline is 3 p.m.? Ask me what my favorite column I wrote is. What is the favorite column you've wrote? The last
1: one. The last one. Now okay. you say, why? Why? Because it's done. It's done. Yeah. So you do expect that stress that getting it done. I stole that answer from Mike Royko. Okay. Yeah.
2: So is it the same thing, the same feeling that you had in college, like, I need to get this paper done to hand it in? Precisely. It is. It? Wow, I wouldn't take that stress. Yeah. I could not have. It's not, it's not stressful. It's not stressful. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm so used to it that it's not stressful.
0: Unless we're still doing the show, and he says, hurry up, bleephole, we got to get this done, i got to write today. Well, you know? I assume he has
2: an idea, <laughs> and, and, and it takes, what, two hours to crank one out, or is it? If that. If that, and then yeah. some editor on the other side's. Correcting a couple grammar errors, if you have one, or or is it unedited, not needed? They, to be they can check grammar. They can check grammar, yeah. and yeah. that's it. Well, if they want to change
1: something dramatic, they 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 give me the courtesy of a phone call. I, I, the editor is a guy named Mike Burbeck, just a hell of a guy. Uh, I have no problems in that regard. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Now this morning I got up. And I usually write for Sundays on Thursday mornings. Okay. Okay. I made the coffee, went downstairs, sat at the computer. No bleeping idea what I'm going to write. Okay. But
2: now I'm half done with it. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll finish it today or tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. So it, it sounds like you're you're very driven in the sense that you you have a, a set schedule how you do this. And yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but obviously the the newspaper industry in general has dramatically changed in your time from writing. I think that goes without saying. But where do you see? the newspaper industry heading in, let's say, the next 10 to 20 years?
1: I I don't see it uh, prospering. I I don't see it flourishing. Uh, I think a printed paper will always be available in some form, but I don't see a bountiful future for for newspapers.
0: Mm. And And you attribute that to the lack of subscriptions the uh the the attitude well, you have, given you've, towards it already
1: you've got generations coming up who've never even read a paper mm-hmm. you know they have they, their world is their phone they get their news from twitter yeah yeah
2: it's a it's a shame Do you, you know, you you mentioned your kids that you used to have. Do you consider Rookie one of those kids? (laughs) I might
1: as well, right? I I mean, what the hell.
2: When when you're a listener to the show, (laughs) you can tell that there's obviously a very different relationship. It's not, hey, I'm your boss, Rookie. Yeah, No,
1: I'm more angry at him than the other one. You're more angry. That's the relationship. But you you
2: do seem to have a very special relationship with him. Well, it's been a long time. It's been a long Long time. And he's a great, his memory is unbelievable. And his gift is that he's eternally happy. Mm-hmm. And That's about his only gift, <laughs> you know. Because I don't know if I'd give you that gift. Is that a gift you'd have? I no, mean, I do not have. That. Okay, you, you don't. I'm fairly
1: happy and optimistic, and uh, I have a, I think, a good outlook. But you know, uh, Reavers can tell you. He, he turns a rainy February Monday yep. into the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. That's a gift, man. Yeah, the, the other you, gift you, that he... You hear pres- that in the radio. You not, hear that in the podcast.
0: Not to speak for Joe or Rookie, but the other gift Rookie has is he can give the needle to Joe in a way none of the rest of us can. Sure. you know, And, it, and, and it, I got
1: to sit there and take it. He does. It, well, it's much
2: like a son. It feels like a son-father yeah. relationship. Yeah. It yeah. really yeah. does. Yeah, it really does. Do you... Um, you know, I know. We're that, almost done. I know, one <laughs> more question. Uh, you know, this is a real quick legacy. What would you want it to be? Do you want, uh, everyone to say, I know Joe from the podcast, I know from the radio, or I know him from the newspaper? Is that? I don't think about stuff like that. You know, that. it doesn't I, even matter to I, you? Yeah, I don't.
1: I mean, Matt Burke came out here today. He's working for, uh, Dr. Scott Jensen, a goober notorial candidate. And Burke looked at us and said, looked at me and said, I keep
2: thinking you should be
1: dead. <laughs> Well Christ, I'm not that I mean, you know, I'm not that old. Thanks, Burke. I mean, yeah, thanks. This Berky.
2: there's no reason to retire from this, correct? Why would I you I don't
1: I don't I could never see myself as conventionally
2: retired. Yeah, well, you can only play so much men's league. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. no one even wants me on their team. Sure. <laughs> your, your handicap keeps going up, though. You're getting more and more desirable. I probably will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe
0: the current status of your golf game is you've quit again, correct?
1: No, I played yesterday and started again. Oh, you started oh, again yesterday. Good. So
2: I'll probably quit, I don't know, this weekend. Probably. Yeah. we got a holiday weekend here. You're going to have to quit yeah. on Tuesday. Well, I'm going to tell you just how proud I am to be part of the show. And how proud I am of you, what you do, because it just is, I can sit down calmly, put in my earphones, listen to the podcast, and I just, I know I'm going to be entertained for all the way up until Rookie takes it to the end and says, go to PodMN, which he <laughs> never seems to do like you understand what he's talking about. <laughs> but it just right up to the end of the show. I just am so glad to be part of it. I'm so proud to be part of it. I so.
1: have, I, I've experienced a strange phenomenon and I, I don't know if it's good or bad, mm-hmm. but I like listening to the show. hmm for twenty five years, I never heard one radio show. Sure. I did
2: never heard. one. You weren't one. asking for a tape and saying hey, no, I no.
1: I never did an air check. I never heard one word I ever said on radio. Really? And now I think it's kind of fun to listen. I think it's a fun podcast.
2: It is. Yeah, it is. As long as we're not talking CRT, critical race no, theory. I, mean, I only take. I only allow black people on the show to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it just uh, otherwise it gets just too deep.
1: It's, it's not my bailiwick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you, sir. I know no, you. I'm not going to leave. Yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Joe, for letting me ask those because I know sure. there's a lot of people out there that that have the same feeling that I've grown up with you. I've known you for 30 yeah. years. It feels like. Yeah. Yet I didn't know those couple of details. Well, you know, as long as
0: Ben's here, uh, Ben Kwam from Surly Brewing, you you are an, an avid uh, fan of both broadcast in general. You have Correct. your own podcast. I do. You've got the mayor here. Is there anything you'd like to ask him? Because I don't really need to talk to him at all.
3: Honestly, <laughs> it's more fun to just sit across from you and, and hear you talk about you know the the journey. In the path, thinking about how different the world is now, you know, going back to when you were talking about the miracle on ice back then, just being at an elite event like that could break your entire career and completely Mm -hmm. change, you know, the direction. Whereas now it's all based around how much content can you put out? Mm -hmm. How much can you completely flood the market? You know, instead of the people that were there to actually watch it, writing about their experiences, everybody would just be retweeting the article with their hot take. Mm
1: -hmm. That is a great point that I've never really given a lot of thought to. Because I could, you could make the argument that that gold medal victory by the U.S. team did, did break for me. I mean, it it's, made it. Really?
2: Yeah. Because it moved you into sports talk. Right. Well, wow.
3: th- and you think about, like, the journalists that were there for all the watershed moments in our history, those are the names that you associate with the bylines of these market moments. And it's fun to be able to sit here and think, like, when I read your column, I hear it. I hear your voice mm-hmm. reading it to me mm-hmm. because I've put the radio and the print together. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's sad that maybe some people won't have that attachment to columnists and to authors, but at the same time... I like the fact that it's a lot easier for maybe people that didn't grow up here. Like, you only got your hometown journalist, Mm -hmm. you know, previous to 10 or 15 years ago. You only got your hometown journalist take. Now, say somebody moves away, they could still listen to a podcast and they could still get Mm -hmm. the voice that they are looking for, Mm -hmm. that they enjoy. They can take that
1: anywhere that they want.
2: That's why GL is heard all around the world. I mean...
1: Oh, it's been just a rocking good time, hasn't mm-hmm. it, oh, I mean, it's absolutely. Just, it's just been a surprise to us all.
2: We
0: get asked often, too, I don't, I'm sure Joe does as well, but what's the difference between doing a live radio show and a podcast? There's not a whole lot different, but it is a whole lot different. You know, like, we just take the fair as an example. We could never do a 25-minute segment with a great musical guest like we did right. today. That wouldn't have been able to be done on, in the world of radio. Well, I
1: have another observation about it. When we... When we were doing Garage Logic live on the radio, it flourished during the time when radio was flourishing. Mm-hmm. But quickly, AM radio began a decline in this country, and we and that was reflected in our ratings. Sure. And but we always were talking to each other about well anecdotally we know people are listening to us. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do I with mean, the I show. Could, I just could be medium. in Berlin, which I have been, because mm-hmm. my kid used to live there, and I'd run into people in Berlin who said, "Hey, mayor, you know, wow. they were tourists, <laughs> sure, obviously." Yeah. But my point is, we always thought, "Well, anecdotally, how can our ratings be so crummy?" Well, because they switched the ratings to a. Uh, you wore a device on your belt, mm-hmm. an yeah, and, and it captured whatever you were exposed to. Sure. Well, garage logic's not on in a store or a bar no, or walking through a Target it's or a Android. Target or mm-hmm. a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. What the podcast has demonstrated is that anecdotal evidence was correct. Mm-hmm. It's correct. It was correct. These people are now being manifested in numbers that we see that we didn't see when we were being raided by Arbitra.
2: You know, I'm not, I know you're not braggadocious and and Chris will show me occasionally. How great your podcast is doing because obviously it's I have a vested interest in your podcast. And, yeah, you should. <laughs> and, and you know, and I don't know if the world knows that you're like the in the top ten most listened to news commentary podcasts in the world, basically in the United States, which is basically the world when it comes to podcasts. I don't even talk about that. I, I know you don't talk but about that. I'm knocking out wood, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that. And <laughs> the names that are close to you on that list are the biggest names in media. Right. Yeah. I mean, that which was amazing. Did you have in when you switched from sports talk to garage? Logic, I know. Last question. Your also, last right? question. When, when you switch, <laughs> did you fear that? Oh, I'm only good at news or at sports. What? What if people don't accept me in you know general conversation? No, no, no it never bother
1: me because I never consider myself a sports expert. Okay, I just I started at the newspaper because that was a job that was available and I was told that there's a lot of horizontal movement in mm-hmm. newspapers. It was at the time of Woodward and Bernstein. I thought I'll go in and cover the Twins for a year. Then I'll get my big break and cover City Hall. And then I fell in love with sports because of the opportunity it gives you for creative writing.
2: And you never thought of becoming a politician ever seriously? Never. never, never. You, you saw enough I'm of it. i afraid I'd win. You'd afraid you'd win <laughs> and, and, and be forced to have to do it. Right. Yeah. Joe, thank you so, so thank much. Thank you
1: guys. Good luck with the, uh, Friday scramble is the, it week- the Friday scramble the
0: weekly scramble the weekly, the weekly scramble. scramble as what we do every Friday during GL That's right. So we're kind of the warm up oh, act really? for, the, uh, yeah. for the for the scramble during you GL. You guys
1: ever take a break on this show? Nah, or we
0: just kind of keep going. Just
1: uh, keep going. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave then while you're still on the air. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: don't forget to take your headset off. I'd hate I think will for you to walk take away out. with that on. Uh thank you Joe. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our thank final you, show during Garage Logic Live at the Minnesota State Fair. See you soon. I don't think we're going to, he's going to, he's just probably going to meander around here and (laughs) get himself another beer. You're like, uh, Tina, Tina and Lena, who are the two guests that refuse to leave the stage? So anyway, uh, let's continue the weekly scramble. We do have our buddy Ben Quam. It's been a while since we've had you on. We did take a, a bit of hiatus and then a, a bit of a switch from what we used to call the beer show on 1500 to now as a pot in podcast form, we're calling it the weekly scramble still kind of the same format. Mike and I just riffing about topics, beer included, but, uh, how are you doing, brother? Well, yeah, nothing adventurous has happened in the last year and a half to oh cause it to have been so long. <laughs> oh my God. Well, honestly, that's kind of where I wanted to start with you. Discuss the changes that have been happening at Surly, because you guys have been in the news quite a bit lately. It's
3: been, it's been wild for us. Uh, you know, so many businesses and so many families were so it, it impacted so brutally with the last year and a half's no question. struggle with the pandemic. Yep. Um, and I don't think that, that our, rough waters were any different than a lot of other people's we were just trying to figure out for a little while how to stay above water and then it was just how to stay alive
2: yeah your rough waters i mean you have a 30 million dollar building someone else has a two hundred thousand dollar building i mean it's those but are some you still have to make some beer
3: that's true yeah. but it's all it, it is all relative because sure. we
2: have a 30 million dollar building with hundreds of
3: employees and i don't necessarily know that that struggler that worry is any more than a, a a mom and pop shop with two employees sure. and a three thousand dollar building. The fact is, we were all struggling with can we make it mm-hmm. and what are we going to do to try and, and get past this. And but Omar
2: couldn't go work nights at some other <laughs> place and make enough money to make the more exactly. Payments. It's a yeah. little different, but yeah. I, I feel you. You know, it's obviously you're doing more volume anyways, yep. so it pays for a little bit more. Time. So we're kind of coming out of
3: of the the dark times now. Uh, we got the beer hall back open a little more than a month ago. Uh, it was a, a restricted menu, and we're only open Wednesday through Saturday, uh, just like everyone you guys else.
0: We're seven days a week, correct? Up until uh, we then? were,
3: yeah, we were six to seven days a week. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Sure, sorry. Um, and we're we're just trying to not overburden the staff. We're trying to make sure that we can all every every growth we make when we add a day or we add some more hours, we want to make sure that it's not coming at our employees' expense. Sure, sure. So we're Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, coming on uh, Friday, September tenth. We're finally going to reopen the pizza restaurant, so it'll nice. be uh, reopened in just shy of a year. It'll be the first time that we've been open up there. Wow. Um, and then we're working on building back special events and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're fortunate enough to have an outdoor concert venue mm-hmm. attached to our uh brewery. So uh, a few of the performers that have not felt comfortable playing shows inside sure. have moved over to us, so we got to do a couple concerts this year. It's not a normal slate like we like we would with, you know, 10 to 12 shows at least, but um, you know having having Patty Smith be the first show that I got to see in a year and a half just meant the world to me and we've had WeeN and we've, we're looking forward to Phoebe Bridgers coming up and, uh, there may be one more show that I'm, I'm not at liberty to say, sure. but if it happens, it'll be pretty amazing.
0: That's cool. So is the outdoor venue, obviously that's going to be a seasonal. You guys aren't planning on having an outdoor show in January. No, 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 no. <laughs> we
3: do, um, we, we have a really great partnership with the wonderful people at First Ave and they help book those shows. Oh, cool. And basically it gives them another property that's bigger than the Palace Theater is their sort of biggest venue. It's a little bit bigger than that and Outside, it's outdoors. Yeah. So they could, it gives them a little bit more versatility with acts that they could maybe book. So okay.
2: we're missing out. We're stepping on the lead here, Reverse. Oh. Because tonight is something important for his tap room. University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Oh God, Gophers. go for football! I mean, I, as Jesus sure, was, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're right there. You know yep. what? Uh, two blocks away from the stadium. I, it, are you going to be nuts tonight? Oh, absolutely! It'll okay. be
3: crazy. Uh Not only are we connected via light rail, but also for anybody out there listening, it is a downhill walk the entire way <laughs> from Surly to TCF. Don't Bank even stadium. think about after the <laughs> Gophers sixty-four to four win. Yes. So we uh, so don't know, we don't know that. <laughs> We're just right now, again, um, being able to cruise around to all of our, our, our friends who run bars in Dinkytown, just knowing that, that an event like this with Ohio State, with a good Gophers team, with all the excitement that Coach Fleck has behind them, like, this is going to inject so much needed help and cash into that entire community. Mm. You know, looking at... It, it, looking at it like i'm a sports fan obviously sure. yep. but taking that out of it and looking at it just from a purely economical standpoint these are the wins that we need right now to make sure that that our restaurants can survive through the winter and that we can keep pushing through with everything we got going on well, and,
0: and i wanted to touch on that because you and i obviously uh, i've mentioned this many times but you and i have a connection and a history to the service industry um, for years and years and years and we both saw it from the outside at the time when We had a lot of friends that lost their jobs Mm -hmm. and it was tough to see that just, you know, knowing a lot of people that had to either, you know, just adapt or they had to move on and find another line of work. And it's, and it's, and it was a struggle. So speaking of that, have you guys, uh, have you guys been impacted? I mean, are you fully staffed? Do you guys, are you still looking for people?
3: Yeah, we're still getting back to it. You know, um, with the, with the, the new semester coming back in at the U of M, I think we'll have a lot, a lot oh, more sure. people to kind of draw from. Mm-hmm. Um, our hope would be that we'll reopen for Sundays, uh, this fall so we can get that going. But uh, again, we just couldn't, we, if the only way for us to be open was for everybody to be overworked, sure. that just was never going to be tenable. Is, for yeah, the it's long-term. not going to last forever. That's right. Sure. So it was, let's do what we can with what we have and let's keep continuing trying to grow. Cool. So I think we're, we're looking forward to hopefully being able to open back up a little bit more. We've seen a lot more people going. Out and applying, um, I think it's Minnesota. As the weather turns too, that'll help. Yeah. It's not as uh, advantageous to be uh, uh, at home when it's you know negative ten out.
2: No, you know it's funny. You've been in the surface industry like for as long as I've known you, for and, sure. and for years and years. And I think a whole bunch of people had. The service industry monkey of you can't get out of it because the money's so good on a Friday night working in a club downtown. Tell me that, about that it. That monkey is now off their back because they were forced to not do it. Mm-hmm. And they thought, wow, I don't have to get home at 4 o'clock in the morning. I might not have 600 bucks in cash in my pocket, but I can go get a day job and feel very comfortable. And I think... The service industry—it's going to take a while for that next generation of people to say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go do this job because right. this money is crazy," mm-hmm. and well, it, they just got out of it. It's—you know—honestly,
3: it's, you know, it's very similar to what Sushere was talking about. This is an—it's an evolving uh, society. It's an evolving mm-hmm. culture, and the uh, go to work, come home with—you know—pocketfuls of cash that is slipping away. People aren't using cash as much. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more uh, sort of fast service, quick counter service stuff coming out. Yeah. So it's there just aren't as many opportunities and I think that we're going to start to see that continue to change more with the service charge and, sure. and that kind of stuff. Now that said, if you can get a job that pays 22 to $24 an hour and you get full benefits and all that, yeah. there's definitely, I think there will be an equilibrium. And
0: you're not
2: walking through downtown at yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Well, yeah. that
0: was the other part that I wanted to bring up is obviously, and I'm only going to speak for myself, but I think I speak for others when I speak that the safety concerns are obviously also an issue in that regard. I'm talking about from a, from a staffing and also from a Someone patronizing a, a given spot, whether it's downtown Minneapolis or downtown Saint Paul, that's just that's something that has to be fact, factored in as well. Absolutely, yeah.
3: You know, I, I don't think that you could find a business anywhere that that wouldn't put the safety of their own guests uh, as top priority. Correct. Uh, th- it's just a it's a bigger problem than than anybody can sing- singularly fix. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to take some actual work from the entire city slash state governments to really start figuring out how how we can keep our streets safer while also still being good to all of the people that live in our state. Yep.
0: Uh, alright, let's get back to Ben Quam here in a minute. But first, Michael, I gotta tell you about Hey Days. Hey they days. have the biggest celebration of snowmobiles in the country, and they're coming back for their 54th annual celebration coming on September 11th and 12th at the Snow Barrens site of Highway 95, seven miles east of North Branch. It's one of the week, it's the one weekend of the year, excuse me, that the Snow Barons Snowmobile Club is allowed to invite all of you to hang out at their 140 acre facility for the official start of winter. I'm sorry I said the W word. If you're into <laughs> snowmobiles or motorsports in general, Hey Days is a must attend. They have something for everyone. Articat, Polaris, Skidoo, and Yamaha will have their beautiful factory trailers on site. There will be a multitude of dealers selling both new and pre-owned units that are sure to fit your budget. Hundreds of vendors on site that can provide you with clothing and gear. You and uh, most providing Heyday only specials. Check them out online. It's next weekend, September eleventh to twelfth. For more information, go to heydays.com All right. Uh, where do you? Let's 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 rewind eighteen months. <laughs> Uh, which is going to be hard to do, but let's just go back to to whatever it is may may of May of twenty twenty or late mm-hmm. February of twenty twenty to where we are now. How how much impact has it had on the craft brewery scene, and where do you think it's going forward from here? And I mean, it, whether you want to include yourself or, yeah. or others, because I know you're super connected. Well, that's the that's the million that dollar question,
3: and that's what's got us all you know staying awake at night, staring at the ceiling. It's we definitely felt the love from the community. Everybody was out there trying to help support sure. all of their favorite local places. Uh, I think you could talk to any restaurant, bar, brewery, distillery, and they would talk about how flattered and absolutely gobsmacked they were at the amount of of uh, work that the communities did to support mm-hmm. and help keep the doors open. But the the frightening thing is the stuff that's out of our our control now. It's the lead time to get cardboard to make <laughs> the six pack holders. Sure. It's the lead time to get the cans. Yeah. It's getting the hops when half the world is on fire, sure it's there, now there are so many things that are stacking up. It makes it very hard for anybody to operate. And you know, if we're feeling the pinch at our size, I know some smaller places are definitely feeling it because those companies, when they can't ship cans to everybody, they're going to have to pick and choose sure. who gets them. They're going to go with who has the biggest orders.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not just this industry; it's every industry. We had uh, a couple of guests on uh, two days ago. It's really cool. They make they make living spaces out of, of shipping containers. Yeah. There's a shortage of shipping containers sure. right now. Like that it,
2: they can't get them off the boat. That
0: just that yeah. just boggles my mind and it's so many things. It's inventory, it's it's staffing, it's everything because again everything just got backed up and everything's twice as expensive as it but used to be. But when you
2: finally think you're through and then you can't get cans that has to be mentally brutal because it's just like, oh, what else is gonna happen? <laughs> right. now? I'm so lucky right
3: now that, that my biggest worries is trying to figure out how to make agreements with, you know, the people that run the stadiums or the state fair or mm. bars and restaurants. Trying to to be my boss and gaze into a crystal ball and figure out what beers and how many we're gonna need to make in March of twenty twenty two. Sure. Right now. Having no idea where the Delta variant is going to take us. Having no idea what this winter is going to do. We have to, we have to guess that far out right now because if we don't put in those orders, we're not going to have cans or cardboard to wrap them in. That's how, that's how far out this is accordion. So now everybody has to make these giant swinging guesstimates just to try and see if we can get our inventory correct for next year.
2: For next year. You know,
3: and you look at the, the cardboard thing as a great example. So the lumber mill shut down. All of that cardboard is, a, how you make the cardboard is a byproduct of the milling industry. So first you have to get the mills up and running. Then they have to get staffed enough that they can, you know, bring all those, the sawdust and the chips and all that. Then you have to actually get that shipped <laughs> uh, when the shipping is backed up. That's before it even gets to the factory to start making the cardboard. Wow. So that's, there's so many industries. We've created this entire world where everything has to lean on it's, itself. And the minute one of those dominoes falls, then everything else falls with it. You know, if you're looking
2: for a good job right now, figure out how to get a Class A license or yes. a Class B license because drivers, I mean, Fratelloni is going to have a hard time getting Christmas trees because they can't get drivers to deliver them into us. They have the trees. They have the guys to cut them. They have the guys to load them onto the trucks. Well,
0: they're handing now, out Class A licenses like they're candy they on Halloween. They have no choice. Yeah. They have no choice because,
2: yeah. I mean, if this stuff doesn't move, I mean, if a company has the cans but they can't get them to you, it it's the what weakest is link they? is, is yeah. the trucking industry, right? Yeah. And why can't Elon Musk just invent this thing, <laughs> transport these things a little faster? And if someone's going to do it, did, he, did you guys, this is a big digression, but did you did that, see that Bryson DeChambeau uh, interview where he, he says, you know, they were talking to him. I know this is a huge digression, but I'm That's digressing. Okay. No, anyway. I like it. That's what so a podcast is all they were about, talking about, Michael. talking Bryson on how it is to be out there and how people are giving. Him a little, he's like, I get it. I'm a little different. I mean, you know. Um, Elon Musk is different. And he started comparing himself to like Mahatma Gandhi, Elon Musk. I'm like, no, Bryson, you're just a guy who took steroids. And yeah, Don't b- proclaim that you're of a totally different realm of human because you gained some weight and can hit a ball 300 yards. Oh, my God. Again, um, that, was, that was my golf story of the day. Th- Thank you. boy.
0: We should find a sponsor for that. Yes. Um, so you were mentioning a year out. So on a, on a typical or a normal session of time, the beer that's being produced right now at Surly Brewing. When was that planned for? How well, long, like how long ago did that take place? In
3: a normal, our, like we will order cans or we'll order cardboard on a, in a like 2019 in the in the before times. Yep, uh, it would be like six to eight weeks. We would we would order that out. We would know that this brew cycle is coming up. Okay, and now we're looking at 18 to 22 weeks, wow. if not more. That's so crazy. Just the ability of trying to do the math to get that far ahead of it for anything new is is brutal. You know, So, like, for us, we have a huge backstock of Furious cans because we're constantly making Furious. Right. That is, is your number one seller. You know 24 hours no a day, what, yeah. yep. seven days a week, Furious is rocking. But when we want to roll out something new, when we want to do something uh, that we haven't done before, we're going to bring out a new seasonal, that requires new artwork, new cardboard, new cans, and that's where that's where the problem is because we don't we can't have a backstock of it because we haven't created it
2: yet. Okay. So did you guys have a strong? I assume you had a strong last year because your on premise is important, but it's not as important as a, you know another brewer that has ninety percent of their business is on premise and the rest. I mean, you guys are in every single bar, although your bar business was nothing. But every single uh, liquor store has to carry you. There period. was
3: not a day that we didn't feel incredibly lucky to have all of the wonderful uh, off sale liquor store sure. partnerships that we have uh that's definitely what got us through yeah. but if you think about cuz that was the second shutdown was like when like well both of them were when we were already stocking up stadiums mm-hmm. when we were already stocking up concert venues and then you have all of the bars on top of that i mean that was that was that was brutal Sure, that was if thankfully people did uh everything they could to keep their fridges full at mm-hmm. home you're welcome uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh that was it was wonderful uh, but at the end of the day it was still it was still a gut punch that sure. uh, we're still feeling the effects of.
0: Are we seeing the, you know, we, when Mike and I were doing this show for years, you know, we always were asked about the, the you know, when are we going to hit the peak or when is the saturation mm-hmm. point going to take over with craft beer? And I think we started to see it pre-pandemic mm-hmm. a little bit. Were there places that didn't make it? You know, oh. because of this, I mean, I mean, places that people would would firmly know and recognize. Uh, as far as like breweries went,
3: um, most places have have stuck around. The the PPP loans and all that mm-hmm. did a really great job helping okay. keep some hand people. Hand sanitizer, float. yeah, hand yeah. sanitizer was another yeah, great good, point. good point. a lot of people got to do. Uh, I think what it did do though was it wiped out a lot of people's. Um, cushions sure so i think in the next year a lot of people are going to be riding a pretty
2: thin line oh so
0: we might be seeing even yep. more of that as a result yeah okay that then that makes well, you know what sense. you can do
2: to help reverse just drink a little bit more yeah, beer. Drink a little more beer, yeah. guys. It's the um, charity that I can get behind.
0: Let's just put it this way. Um, since March of 2020, yeah. I've done more than you've my done, fair you've, share.
2: You've done your okay. fair share. So okay.
0: I, I'm, I'm trying to help you, brewers. That's my role here in, in this fight against uh, what has been a very tough 18 months.
3: Well, and we got to give it up to everybody out here at the Minnesota State Fair who have also been definitely doing, they've been putting in the work that I have seen. Nice. Anecdotally, I watch people put in the work to help keep these breweries afloat. How many places are you guys
0: at here at the State Fair? Oh. Um, Man, I think... Because I know you make the round. Yeah, I think we're at 16 to
3: 20 places. It's the most most beer we've ever had uh, at the State Fair. We got some fun, kind of funky uh, State Fair originals. Yeah, yeah. what did did you
2: make? I remember reading that. Uh, Reavers and I went through that. Yes, we did.
3: Well, the one that Reavers and I are sipping on right now is... um, It's a passion fruit... Uh, tart ale. That's right. So, we, I, w- is
0: it, would this be a sour?
3: We yes, it, it would be in that family
2: because that's what I was going to get. If yeah. you call it a sour, no one drinks it. If you call it an ale, everyone well,
3: actually, it. it's the other way around. We didn't want to call it a sour because it isn't truly sour. It's okay. more tart and refreshing. Huh. This it, it did, is really good. By we the didn't way. want this to be like you know a dagger in your saliva gl- glands. Mm. We wanted it to be something that on a hot day would refresh you and also kind of keep coming back a, for more. Another mm-hmm. great so, bad name though. <laughs> Di-
2: dagger in your saliva. Dagger the saliva gland. I go to that tour. <laughs> for opening sure. up for the chain smokers. <laughs> Tonight at the State
3: Fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we kettle-soured a wheat ale, and we added real passion fruit to it, and it just gives it that really nice kind of crisp, uh, delightful taste. We got Furious uh, IPA all over the place here. We have uh, Grapefruit Supreme, which has just been a rocket out of the gate for us. came out during the first shutdown, and it still is just rocking for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's been great to have that. Um, we have an awesome, hazy IPA over at Lulu's uh, in kind of the newer area. What's it called? Uh, that one is called Lulu's Juicy Minnesota Midway Hazy IPA.
0: Okay, because I think that was the one when Mike and I were going through the list a couple of weeks ago. That was the one I said I'm because I'm a haze head. I, oh. I know, I know. But uh, that's the one I said I'm absolutely 100 percent going to try that. Yeah, it's I pretty spectacular. My okay,
2: my favorite story that ever ha- happened at Lulu's. if you have been to Lulu's? Yep. I have. So um, in years past, not this year because the fair's not as attended. It's very nice. Everything looks open. Everything's Can I rolling. Say something? Yeah. I like it. I like it. I know. I I like it when it's full. I like it when you... You do?
0: Oh, yeah. See, I, uh, this is perfect. It's not hot. This is probably my favorite day out here. It's in the low 70s. This is perfect, but I got you way off track. Well, no, it's very,
2: very nice, but I was upstairs at Lulu's, and there was a line of like, 25 people to get beer. So I'm standing in the back of the line. A guy rolls up to the front of the line, like, comes and looks says, I'm buying everybody in line beer, but I get to go first. I was like, You're kidding. Power move. I'm like, That is the coolest thing. What did Sushree buy you? Yeah, it wasn't him, but I was like, (laughs) Wow, how cool was that move? He's like, I don't care about the money. I care about my time. I get to go first, but all of you guys are paid for. I'm like, Go ahead. And then, strangely, I was only getting one beer, but I needed to get four beers for my (laughs) friends who all were like, some not with me but I had four beers yeah. it, was, it was a pretty good deal I thought that was a pretty good power move when did that, that ha- was that today that was, no no that was in twenty. no this was when it was so packed up oh there. oh oh this oh, was I'm actually it was, it was the day of the Weezer concert which we talked about the other day yeah. when Weezer was there so I think five uh, ish years ago Ooh. I went to that Weezer concert Weezer's one of my favorite bands to see live and the, four pe- the three other people I went with we had four tickets had no, uh, one clue of one Weezer song the <laughs> woman one of the women that was with me said I've never heard this song I'm like You've never heard, like, some of the most famous Weezer songs ever? It's like, you're an adult human that's roughly my size. I to God, I did not get it. But... God rest their soul. They're So good.
0: <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you uh, because this isn't classified as a sour, b- but an ale. What is the difference?
2: So
3: I mean, really, it would, we just don't want to call it. We don't. We don't want to call it a sour. I because, just didn't
0: know if there was like an ingredient no. or a way that's produced. No, it's, that would, no,
3: it's a Berliner. I mean, it, it is in the sour family. That would one hundred percent be called a sour. Okay. I just felt like it's more descriptive if we car- call it a tart ale. Got it. Because that. Implies a little bit directly like what you're going to get when you drink it. What Let's was
2: call th- it? A tail. A tail. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, that's not. That's not bad. Uh, what?
0: When you guys were making the planning stages for the fair, obviously, you know, w- we didn't hear anything that was going to lead us to believe that. It wasn't going to happen. Correct. The state fair I'm talking about now in general. How much different was the planning going into this year as opposed to years past in terms of barrel production oh, and everything?
3: A, again, it's just been, it's been a nightmare trying to guesstimate what we're doing. And I, all I can do is just say thank you to our, our production team and our planning team yeah. for being able to be that nimble and execute kind of as it was growing. We got to a certain point where we really felt like the fair would have let us know if there was a possibility that it was going to be called right. off. And that was really when we kind of kicked in and Started brewing every Because
0: one of the things uh, that I I guess I shouldn't have found shocking, but I found quite surprising is when we had, a couple of years ago, when we were really starting to get into the inner workings of the State Fair, was we had Dan on from the Ballpark Cafe, mm-hmm. right over here who's, who's a great beer promoter and everything else, and it's a great spot. A true champion of craft beer. I'm 100%. Sure. And he I, I remember he said, well, every brewery that we have on site has to have their full selection until the end of yeah, Labor every Day. day right. of every fair. single day. If, if you come here the very first day or if you come here at Six o'clock on Labor Day evening, you have your beer has to be in full production, which I thought, well, God, I didn't even think of that. But you know, it's the same thing with vendors; you have to be able to provide the same amount of service or or, or availability for whatever. To someone that buys a ticket on Monday or buys a ticket on Labor Day. It, so I, I I guess I found that a bit shocking, yeah, too. Yeah,
3: Sweet Marthas can't just be out of cookies for a couple of days. <laughs> right? like, that's, uh, they've been very adamant about that. And really, at the end of the day, it's all about the guest experience. They want to make sure that everybody that comes to the State Fair has the chance to have the exact same awesome experience and that nobody feels like they got shorted in any way, shape, or form.
0: But the best was, I think I've told this story uh, before on this show, whether it was this show or the beer show, but... Um, when I first got into radio, um, as many people can attest when you're first in radio, you don't have any money, um, but you get to work a lot, Sure. which is really great. That's yeah. a nice, it's a nice side bonus. And I remember I was working for a different station at the time and we were shutting down Labor Day night and I was living in St. Paul on Cherokee Avenue in St. Paul. Nice. I was, we, me and my two college buddies were renting out this horrifically out of date house. We had the upstairs. We even had two and a half bedrooms. Dang! I like so that. Oh. my buddy Tim had to live in a closet all summer, basically. Nice. But anyway, so we were. But then kinda... he finally
2: came out of that closet. So that's all yes, right. he did.
0: Yes. Uh, but we were finally winding it down. I was helping to tear down the the, the promotions booth. And everybody was basically giving stuff away because they didn't want to take not it with them. any of this. So hey, us. do you want you know a couple of foot long dogs to take mm-hmm. home? Yes, I do because yeah. I'm poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm starving to death. So honestly, I mean, I don't like coming out here on, on the weekends anymore. But Labor Day weekend, come here at towards the end, and you're going to get yourself some stuff. Some Absolutely, on some things. <laughs> yes, you are. Just put a smile on <laughs> your face and walk around and be as nice as you can to everybody. You are. You guys are both Mister State Fairs in my opinion. Because Mike, you've been coming here since you were a kid, and Ben, you're as about as social a guy as I know. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys like to do if you're not working when you're coming out your bingo first?
3: Uh, I am a, uh, I am a food connoisseur. I am a vacuum are a of all of things, things. You are a foodie. Delicious. Uh, I've honestly, I can't believe it took me this long. I finally had just the normal chicken tenders at Lulu's. They are the best the chicken bang, tenders. The bang bang chicken wings? Yes. Those are the best chicken tenders I think I've ever had.
0: They are wonderful. Uh,
3: but yeah, I'm a, I'm always good for, uh, I'm a corn dog guy. I'll deal with a Prano pup, but I prefer a corndog. My weird curveball, I love the scotch egg. I always go for that. Really? Way down over there. Corner of the food building. Yeah, corner of the food building. Um, And then it's all about the people watching. Yeah. I love to just wander around, like, I'll do six or seven laps of the entire grounds, and if somebody's really intriguing, I'll follow them for a while, cause I'm just <laughs> like, you get some of the craziest, most original, most odd duck- And folks. Ben's only like six-four, yeah. so all of a sudden some <laughs> six-four dude do. is following you, and you're
2: like, why is he following I mean, me?
3: <laughs> I got a, a buddy that we haven't done it in a few years, but we used to come down and we would just walk for six hours together. He's six seven, okay, oh, and we thought it was so funny when we would start following people because we stuck out. <laughs> Everyone could see us. Right,
2: we're not hiding behind anything. And you were wearing halter top. You well. Is, I mean, yes. What else are you going to do?
0: So on Tuesday, my two boys had to come out with me. It's a we're in this weird transition of we don't have any covers this last week of summer vacation sure, before school your daycare starts. daycare takes that break exactly. Yeah. So. uh So my wife said to me on Monday night, oh, don't forget, the boys have to go with you to work on Tuesday. To which I said, well, you know we're at the fair.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to be there for five hours working.
0: And she said, well, yeah, but it'll be fun. It'll yeah, be fun. Just hang <laughs> hang out so my now nine and six year old sons came with me. For the most part, they did a good job. We have, uh, thankful, thankfully, to Hofferman Water in Connecticut, we had those nice cups with the great water system back and he had, here, like
2: a, like a green room back there.
0: And uh, my boys decided to take the two stacks of cups and build a fort.
2: Oh, nice! With
0: them, so nobody had cups to sure, drink water sure. with anymore, yeah. um, which was a nice touch. And, and Rookie <laughs> did not help matters by uh, 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 antagonizing them and, and edging them on, sure. or urging edging them on, on to, yeah. to do that. Well, in any event, so. So we got done with Garage Logic, uh, and we were going to wander because I promised them th- if they were good, and they pretty much weren't. But if they were good, we would go on a couple rides, and then we would go play a couple games or do whatever. So we go on the slide, the big slide, and then we went on. Oh, we did the Sky Ride, which was cool, and then we go over to the Midway. You know what the worst part about the adjustment and the uh, and the fair adapting to modern times is? They now pretty much take credit cards at every stand now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad got stuck a little bit, <laughs> so we go to the midway right over here, and I bought a sleeve of whatever it was twenty eight tickets for twenty five bucks. Okay, there's a good deal. We went through that in about fifteen minutes. Well,
2: so, I, I figured this out because I'm cheap, and it, it I blew whatever amount of dollars there. I just blew it. Yeah. Um. Each ride is five dollars and eighty three cents. Yes. If there's seven tickets, so yep. it's five eighty three a ride. If you have a family of four, that's basically twenty four bucks a ride. Yep. If you buy a hundred dollars worth, you're gone in four rides. Yes, and wow. God bless them, right? They're putting up these. Am- and Absolutely. by the way, the rides are amazing compared to what they used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are huge. Yep. You know, or it's a two million dollar ride. They got to make money out of it, but it doesn't take long. And the rides aren't like fourteen minutes. they no. are off. It's like every fourteen minutes they've cycled through eight. You know, series. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Fun, but then if you have kids who just have no concept, they're just running through. Well, I know you can out. relate.
0: So then we go through that sleeve right away and we had to get back because hey, I had to post the show, but mm. then we had to go pick up mom from work. And I said, well, buddy, we're going, we only have so much time here. So we run through the first sheet and I said, well, boys, we're out of tickets. My, my six year looks at me and goes, we'll go buy more. Yeah. And i went, like, well, wait a minute. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. First, the, the, the first uh, time you try that is, Hey dad, can you go sure, buy more? Sure. And he said, Oh, sorry. Hey, Dad, can you go buy more? And I went, no! <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but all oh, the joys of fatherhood at the Minnesota well, State Fair. What, what's
3: what what's your thing
0: when you come to the fair? I, like, if you're, if you're rolling solo, if you don't have the kids
3: with you, what do you go for?
2: You know, I do the exact same things either way. I just – I do everything. I've been coming here literally since 1971. I absolutely love it. You love the fair. I am not a patient person. So I don't – like, when someone says, hey, let's get this fried pickle, and that fried pickle stand has 400 people in line, it's never, ever going to happen. No. It's, I would never – I would leave someone in line, come back an hour later. I would never stand in line for an hour, even if that was the thing I liked the most. I'd rather go to the thing that no one's at because hey, it's quick. So I am a, a, a grazer. I eat a little bit of everything. I always go up. It's kind of funny because in the uh, International Bazaar, way in the corner, there's these olives on a stick. Oh, yeah. And every time I go get them and I dump it into my beer, and now they have plastic glasses. I used to, when I had that paper kind of foam cup glass, you dump the stick into the foam cup and it would pierce a hole in the bottom of your beer glass. So you'd have to drink real quick from the bottom of the cup. Oh because no. you, yeah. It was, um, but I, I always do certain things and I always do that. I always get, and I don't even really like olives. I don't know why, but there's never a line there. Yep. It's very easy. I don't know. This time I wanted to buy a poncho because it was a little chilly. So I thought I'm going to go look for a poncho. I don't know why. I don't need a poncho. I'll never ever wear a poncho. Why didn't you again. buy
0: yourself a Garage Logic poncho right well, here? Well, no, I wasn't
2: looking for a pla- I wasn't looking for a rain poncho. I was looking for one of those like poncho veal ponchos like ah, a real poncho wow. like something that I had when I was 9 years old. I okay. wanted, I don't know why I wanted that. I keep thinking, I, I have this thing, so we, we're lucky enough to have a family cabin, right? And everything that I buy that I don't wear here, I'm like, well, I'm going to bring it to the cabin, right? I'll just have it up in the cabin. Yeah. So now i started to buy <laughs> for clothing that I'm just planning to take up right up to the cabin. Like, I'm not going to wear a poncho here in St. Paul, <laughs> no. but I will put it right up at the cabin. Oh, it's different rules. I just wear it while I'm sitting by the fire.
3: Right? I love the idea of, like, your neighbors waking up in the morning, looking out, just seeing you, and just, like, swim trunks and a poncho. A poncho yeah. <laughs> Just fishing. That's where I have my cowboy hat. It's the whole thing. So, (laughs) you know,
2: that's how you got to do it. All right.
0: So out here, you, you had something when I, when I first approached you that I had not been aware of. That's a key lime something or other.
2: Yes. The key lime pie beer from. Liftbridge? Liftbridge. I'm glad you remember that because I've now had a few of these here at the fair.
0: Because uh, R- Rookie, during his show on Friday with his family, uh, they had the... Uh, the,
2: the, the is that the, the family podcast? Yes, it is. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So
0: I they had the, the, the folks from Andy's Grill on the show that mm-hmm. day, and they brought out a bunch of different samples. And one thing, because I, I will admit, ben, ben, close your ears when you, when, when you hear this, but I, I, I really have started to enjoy seltzers because my waistline has thanked me. Um, but he had a... It was called a caramel apple seltzer. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't remember who was the
0: uh, the producer of that. So I thought, you know, Tuesday when we were out here with the boys, it was really hot. You know, like this.
2: It was almost seventy. Well,
0: really hot for me <laughs> is eighty-one when I'm out in the when I'm out sure. in the sun because you know me. I'm I'm I, that's why I love today's weather.
2: You're beautiful, <laughs>
0: medium rare. Yes, exactly. And so I thought, well, I'll just try the caramel apple seltzer, awesome. and it was it was good. It was really good. The okay. problem was on a hot sunny day. The caramel that they
2: oh, rim the glass just that. starts to oh. drink, you know, it
0: starts to leak all and melt all over your hand. That's the only problem with, uh, with I bet ordering of these that. beer
2: vendors are freaking out because it's, you know, 68 degrees. I mean, well, if it was- You don't
0: think that that's put a damper on oh, beer. Oh yeah. I mean, Really?
2: If it's 81, how many more beers do you have at 85 compared to 65? That's I will, I will point. say it's not quite as direction,
3: uh, direct linked as, as you bank? want because, yeah. uh, You also can only have a few, and then you're just wiped out. Sure. Whereas on a day like this, you can just kind of keep drinking all day. there you go. You don't get too sweaty. You don't get too messed up. Like, to me, that's kind of the sweet spot. I love days like this because you can accidentally have four or five or six beers while you're walking around. Hashtag sweaty, guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good (laughs) point, Ben. See? That's that law of unintended consequences. (laughs) I it, it, there, there is some study that tells us that exact thing that he said.
0: All right. What was your favorite? Oh, go ahead.
2: Ben. Well, How I was just going to say,
3: now, just so the, the seltzer heads out there don't come for me, I am not necessarily against seltzers in general. I make soda water with a soda stream at home, and sometimes I pour spirits into it. I enjoy that. My thing is I just don't understand why there have to be 27 different brands of something that I could just make at home.
0: I agree with you. I there. can't
3: make a beer at home, but I can carbonate water, and I can add flavoring
0: to well, it. Well, the, the, I guess the way I look at it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at it now where you know, 10 years ago, well, maybe not even that long ago, five years ago, if you're saying, I'm going to get in the craft beer business. Well, you're probably
2: too late, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the seltzer.
0: Oh, I'm going to make seltzers. You're way you're too, too late. Night, way though. too late.
2: Yeah. So then, ask the guy who will know what's the next big thing. Ben will know that.
3: We're still trying to figure out what that's going to be. Uh, I mean, if if I wanted to put my money on something, um, I do think that in the next couple of years, um, we'll probably be able to change a few laws and we'll start seeing uh, THC related things becoming legal. Mm-hmm. If that does happen, that will be the next thing sure. here in the state. Is is people figuring out how to make probably non alcoholic. Products that have have a mixture of THC and CBD in them because we
0: are seeing that already in certain states like Colorado, for instance. Correct. I was I was through there back in March and I was seeing a bunch of different. Mm -hmm. Are they
2: making THC infused beers or just THC? I saw that. I don't remember the company, but it
3: adds. You could do beers, but it adds a bunch of different layers because it it still isn't legal federally. Okay. It adds a whole bunch of different layers for difficulty as far as legal challenges for doing. because it's two controlled substances from two different schedules if you do it that way. If you just do it with, uh, like, seltzer uh, or lemonade or something that is not another controlled substance, sure. it's a lot easier um,
2: to get that past. Then you need to sell it like a beer and a bump. So you get a beer and then a bump of THC. Yep. You dump it into your beer, <laughs> right? Two You're always things. thinking. There a it beer, is. You know, I don't um, – the THC craze seems to be – I don't know if it – when it hits here – if we're just going to go nuts or if people already are satisfied with their THC levels here in this town. Seems like we have because you can have. I'm Delta the wrong Eight. guy to ask. Trust me. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> yeah. do that either. But well, I feel I, like
3: I feel like you and I are both the wrong people to ask. <laughs> We're just on different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, you, have you heard of Delta Eight? And yeah, Delta, of, course, I mean, of course. Those are all you can buy that here already, right? And that's basically the exact same thing. Or explain? Me. I don't even know Delta what Delta Eight is. is like a gummy. It's like a CBD sold at CBD stores. Gotcha. But you take one and you go lay down because it mm-hmm. knocks you. I mean, it's 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 highly effective both mentally and mm-hmm. it feels like you're just... Well, working.
0: on that trip I was just talking about, I not only drove through Colorado, but also through the great state of California. It's available. Oh, it's available. Oh. <laughs> you... you- Basically, can't drive a mile without running into a store in either one of those states. And the reason I think it's
3: going to happen, I, I would love to to you know get up on my soapbox and talk about uh, some sort of social justice. But really, why I think it's going to happen is that um, some of the biggest liquor brands in the world have now started investing hundreds of millions hundreds of millions of dollars into research and farming. Really. And when you start to see like um, I know uh, Constellation Brands, which owns like Corona and Patron, they've put a bunch of money into that. Um, Southern Wine and Spirits has too. Uh, the Picardi family has as well. They're buying giant. And they're not doing
0: that by accident. Yeah.
3: They, they know that eventually they'll be able to help get this passed with lobbyists and that kind of stuff. Sure. It's just, it's still a little ways down the the road right now. And obviously there were a lot more pressing issues in the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. uh, for us to both work on and fight over. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I would, I would guess that that's, that's the next trend that I see on the horizon where I think that could be a thing. Um, if not that, then I really feel like it'll be, I mean, I, I cross my fingers and I say this every year, but that we'll have a return to like lagers and pilsners and delicious, easy drinking, crisp tasting beers. Wow. Because that's one of the things that I love about seltzers is sometimes if you're just drinking IPAs, like your palate is just sure. done, you, you you know, especially if you have three or four, like, all right, I can't taste anything else right now. A seltzer is really refreshing and also pretty dry. And I think that. I've seen a lot of people starting to turn more towards lagers and pilsners. Like, just buy a really good, well-made one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love Furious, but I also love just on a hot day having a hell. You know, it's just sure. a really nice, crisp, dry lager is awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, we should also make mention, Michael, uh, our new friends... And my old friends at Harmony Spirits have now decided to sponsor the weekly scramble. Oh, so if you are tell me in the, I get a
2: free bottle of something at Harmony Spirits. I
0: think we can. So if you are in the area, it's you know very close to the Iowa border. But those guys are fantastic. They make great handcrafted spirits in Harmony, Minnesota. First of all, it's a gorgeous part of the state. But their their tasting room in downtown Harmony, Minnesota, it's very cool. In fact, I got an email from Doug yesterday. Uh, he stopped in. He took uh, sent sent me a photo, which was really really cool. Uh, Labor Day weekend, they have a ton of stuff going on, so check out their website, harmonyspirits.net dot net is their website. And if it's not if uh, if it's not been updated, their Twitter account is extremely active too at Harmony Spirits on Twitter. But uh, you can take a look at their their cocktails that they have uh, currently in that taste room because that thing changes all the time. They do a really good job. Of mixing up you know seasonal cocktails and things like that down there. So please go in uh, and tell them that Reaver sent you in from either Garage Logic or the Weekly Scramble, whichever one. It doesn't matter. But uh, they're great dudes, and 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 uh, I'm I'm really happy for their success down there in Harmony uh, Spirits. But listen. Uh here's the biggest thing with them. Go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. If they don't have it, they will go get it. That's how liquor stores work. So please go in and do that. And uh, and like I said, if you go into that tasting room, make sure you let them know that Reavers sent you in. Ben, anything we else we need to know about you? Your fantastic whereabouts and uh, upcoming things, and anything like that.
3: Well, yeah. If you like to listen to people blathering on and drinking uh, beverages as they go, you can check out our podcast. Uh, It's called Libations for Everyone. It's on a number of different networks, and uh, you know
0: who you need to have on? Who's that? The guy to your right. I
3: already, I was already thinking Mike Fredaloni would be an excellent
0: guest on (laughs) the show. Don't even drink. Here's the best part, Kitty. We don't (laughs) know that. That's your second one today. Uh, By the way. Uh, here's the best part about going on Ben's show. I mm-hmm. had to train myself to be able to swear when there's a microphone in front of me. Oh, my face. Yeah. oh
2: I mean it's too tough.
0: I can't. I, can't I couldn't do it. Do it. He's can't like, it. he looked at me. Goes, Reavers, what's wrong? I, go, I, I can't self censor. It was I beautiful. Care. I can't help it. Yeah. I just when I, when there's a mic in front of my face, I just don't. Well, I don't it's cuss. also
2: twenty years worth of radio where you just. Yeah, that's true. Cuss.
0: That's yeah. true. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thank you for having me on. That was yeah, a blast.
2: It's
3: a blast. We've had a really good time. We got a ton of great guests coming up. Um, it's it's just fun. Basically, we ask six questions, and before each question, everybody has to take a one-ounce shot. Oh, so wow. It gets, it's like, uh, yeah, it gets progressively there looser and a little uh-huh. bit more fun. Uh, <laughs> question, but yet, the question gets harder,
2: and the last one's a math
3: question. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> we also, uh, our, myself and Charles, the two hosts, uh, we also have to answer every question that we ask, so there's no, like, gotcha stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, honestly, I'm just so excited that we're going to have the pizza restaurant back open. Uh, again, that reopens on uh, Friday, September 10th. It's such, it's, it was before I worked for Surly, it was my favorite pizza in the city. And the fact that now it's coming from the place that employs me makes it even more fun. So all I would say is, uh, this fall, come back down, have some ceviche tacos in the beer hall, have a couple beers, try some stuff that you've never had before. We have a huge experimental section right now, and then cruise on upstairs and get one of those uh, those pizzas, man. Are it's, you
0: guys still doing, you know, uh, are you hosting parties, events, things like that, or has that kind of been put on hold for We're right building
3: now? back to that right now. Okay. Um, we felt like, especially with wanting to err on the side of caution with everything that's been going on with the Delta variant, we wanted to slowly build that back. Sure, um, We are definitely in Talks. If you have something that you really want, please reach out to us. Uh, but we're not building up to where it was before. Got it. But if you
2: want to bring twenty-five people over there on oh, a Tuesday absolutely. night, bring them over. And that's the other. That's the other thing that I, I try to tell people
3: too is, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have varying levels of comfort with being around crowds and sure. whatnot. Sure. Uh, we are blessed to have a patio that is so massive that you can be as close to or as far away from people as you want. So uh just come on down what and what if I want to be
0: really far away from
3: people? <laughs> you can do that. What if I want
2: to be really close to people? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. We're here for everyone. Okay. Right, right.
3: <laughs> so uh yeah, that's been the biggest thing. I my, probably my favorite vibe in the last couple months has been watching people walk into the beer hall and then take a deep breath And then say, oh, my God, I haven't been here in over a year. And then they just start smiling, and they go over there. Like That is the best. Because at the end of the day, the point of a beer is to bring us together. When you sit down and you have a drink with your friends, we're all at the same bar. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. We're all just sitting here with the same same – beverage, mm-hmm.
2: just talking about the world. It's the great equalizer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much thanks, for having me. Thanks for coming out. Uh, the first round's on you. Um, anywho, so please uh, do us a favor and like and subscribe to the uh, Weekly Scramble podcast and also... Rate us and review us on iTunes. It helps other people be able to find the show, The Weekly Scramble. Michael, thank you so much. Reavers, you are the best. We will talk to you again next week for Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. My name is Chris Reavers. We will talk to you back from the studio next week right here on The Weekly Scramble. Cheers.